and welcome to the 78th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight is Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how's everything going for you this week? Uh, things are going groovy. Excellent. And Mark, how about you? I am peachy keen. <laughs> Fantastic. I've never heard those words in such a creepy f- form before, but I like it. I can do better. <laughs> I'm peachy keen. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. I like that. Thank you. For your consideration. Oh. For your consideration. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tonight we are going to continue our Resident Evil arc with a review of Resident Evil Afterlife from 2010. And we're going to move on to round 15 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge. Plus we have some other stuff to throw your way. So stay tuned. First, we want to give you guys a reminder. We are actually having a poll going on at Cinefessions.com right now that needs your vote. So for the first time in the history of the Cinefessions podcast, we're putting the power to decide our next podcast arc right in the power of your hands, our listeners. So we've decided that for our next arc, we're going to highlight one of our favorite film distribution companies. So we've narrowed it down to Drafthouse Films, Scream Factory, and Vinegar Syndrome. And it's up to you guys to decide which one we do for our next five-episode arc. So head on over to Cinefessions.com and right there in the sidebar to the right, you'll find the poll to vote on whichever distribution company you'd like us to cover next. So as I mentioned, this will be a five episode arc for the winning company. And we're going to look at five different releases, including the special features and the audio and video quality to help uh, determine if it's worth your time or not. Uh, Most importantly, if it's worth your money. So three of the choices are going to come from us. One is a random or another, which actually we're, we're going to change that a little bit. It's not going to be a random one. We're going to talk about that in just a couple minutes. Uh, but the fifth one and the final episode of that arc is again going to be up to uh, listener choice. So there's going to be a second poll on the website once that arc begins. So it's really easy to vote. Just hit up cinefashions.com and the poll is at the very top of the right-hand sidebar. You can't miss it. So make sure to get your vote in as soon as you can because the poll will be shut off on Sunday, February 6th at midnight. So please don't miss out. And we also want to remind you guys, you can interact with us in multiple ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, or whatever. So please reach out to us and uh, talk some film to us. And also make sure you're following our Cinefashions Instagram account where Mark, Ash, and I are posting a lot of our new media pickups. So definitely give that one a follow if you haven't already. And Mark posts a lot of his reviews for his A to A to Z challenge. So make sure you're on there for that. Um, and you guys can like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 77 podcast episodes at Cinefessions.com. So finally, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with that 30-day trial so all of our listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. And if you do do that, let us know what you guys download we'd love to hear if it's any good if it's worth our time we'd love to hear about us so make sure you hit us up and let us know what you guys are getting for free so you can't beat that so before we dive into our weekend media let's uh, take a, a second here to discuss um 
the that the fact that the 2016 17 16 whatever the the 2017 Oscars which cover the 2016 films yes <laughs> that nomination ballot is has been sent out and uh so I know we're genre fans and so therefore we don't really pay too close attention to the Oscars and that's fine um but I'm sure there are some people out there that are really excited about this. And I know I, I follow some people on Twitter that are really happy uh, to to see this list. Um, personally, going through the list kind of quickly, I think there are only two films I've seen on this list and none of the Best Picture nominations. So I've seen Suicide Squad and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Mark, what about you? Yeah, uh, you know what? I used to be huge uh, with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um because when I first got my, my first credit card, one of the first things I ever bought was a subscription to Entertainment Weekly. And, <laughs> yeah. and I kept uh. that subscription for almost 12 years. Holy shit. And before, yeah, and before I moved uh, to, uh, to Quebec, um, I had kept every single issue. Oh, my God. So, I had all these issues in totes, which I eventually wow. uh, gave away to a co-worker who was into movies as well. But, like, okay. let's say sometimes, you know, you're running to the bathroom and, you, you know, you know you're going to want something to read. So, you mm-hmm. just pull a random magazine out. And I'm looking <laughs> at, like, 2002's, you know, Buffy <laughs> season preview. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really good. You know, it's just shit like that. I used to love that. I, if it wasn't for a lack of space, I would have kept them. Same thing with my VHS tapes. I wish I kept them. Um, so in, in the last year, I've gone to very few theaters, very few movies in the theaters, um, just because I was kind of paying more attention to my collection, because as you can tell with the last year on this podcast, um, I have a lot of backlog. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I do want to change it this year. That's one of my challenges this year is to at least see one movie in the theater, mm-hmm. um, per month. And I'm already at four this month. So yay me. Um, wow. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of our genre, but I'm also a fan of film in general. And I'll watch practically anything. Um, so looking at, like, the best picture nominations uh, that were released here, um, the only one I have seen is Arrival. Uh, but I do own Hell or High Water on Blu-ray. But there's still a few that I want to see. I just haven't seen it. Like Hacksaw Ridge. That's the mm-hmm. Mel Gibson-directed uh, film with Andrew Garfield. Um, I do want to see La La Land. Um, I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it got four nominations and I like the, I, I like, um, Emma Stone, uh, Emma Stone Ryan and Ryan Gosling. I like them a lot. Um, I do want to see a Moonlight. I've heard nothing but great reviews about that. Um, and Manchester by the Sea. Again, lots of great reviews. Um, and oddly enough, that's an Amazon film. So it's the first, right. You know, um, Non, I guess it's not a traditional film in the sense where it hit theaters and then got, you know, some, some plans in mini theaters and was like this went Amazon and I think, uh, theatrical at the same time, if I'm correct. Um, oh, okay. I believe so. Don't quote me on that though. It just, I don't mm-hmm. have Amazon Prime US, so I don't get all the good stuff yet. Hopefully one day Amazon Canada is going to get their, uh, ship straight. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of movies I want to see. I just haven't, I just haven't seen them. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, I definitely want to see Arrival. Um, yeah. You know, Hacksaw Ridge. I've heard Andrew Garfield's great and I like him. Um, Hell or High Water, I literally bought that today. It was on sale at Target this week for $10 on Blu-ray, so I bought that. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. The women at work, I work with all girls at work, and they've been ranting about La La Land, uh, yeah. ranting and raving about it, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely, you know, I want to check that out. But it, Honestly, the only one out of this list that it really doesn't really interest me that much would be Lion. I have um, no idea what that's about. If I recall correctly, it's about I think it's the guy who was in um in uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, he, okay. He was oh. uh he was abducted when he was young, I think moved to Australia. Now he's older, wants to find his birth family, so he goes back to India. Hmm. It's just out of the list, it's just the one that I kind of if I don't get a chance to see it, I won't, you know. I'm not going right. to bring it back for it. Um, but I do want to see all the other ones. Um, yeah, so I've seen one, I have access to another one right away. And then a lot of these indie films too, um, they're either playing at my local indie theaters or they're, they're streaming. So, um, of course, better luck for uh, American listeners because you have access to better or greater, um, streaming library. Mm-hmm. Um, then I do up here, but, um, I still have a, you know, I, I am able to find these if I want to. Um, right. So which, okay. So we've talked best picture. Um, is there something we should tell our listeners about this? Why are we bringing this up today? Yeah, absolutely. So why we bring this up is because we, even though we, you know, you may or may not be the biggest Oscar follower. We still want to make it fun. And so we're going to try to do that by doing a 2017 Oscars contest on Cinefessions. And so what that means is you guys can go right now to Cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars. That's Cinefessions.com backslash T-H-E-O-S-C-A-R-S. So the Oscars. And on that page, there's going to be a form. All you have to do is fill it out with who you think is going to win. Uh, we picked seven, just two to the limitations of the uh, of the website. So there's seven different categories that you have to pick the winner of. So you pick a best picture winner, the actor in a leading role winner, actress in a leading role, animated feature film cinematography, directing, and visual effects. So those are the seven categories you have to vote on. Then you put in your name, your email address, and which Amazon store you would like a gift card purchase for you if you happen to win. So the person that wins this 2017 Oscars contest, the person that gets the most answers correct is going to win a $20 Amazon gift card courtesy of Cinefessions. And you get to pick which store it comes from, whether it's the Amazon.com from the States, if it's Amazon.ca for Canada, Amazon.co.uk for United Kingdom, whatever the case is. I put all the different stores there. There's like six or seven different ones. So wherever you're listening to us from, you can have a chance to win. So this has no restrictions on who can enter this contest. And it's incredibly simple to enter. And it gets you a chance to win in 20 bucks. And now if you win in Canada, if you win in the UK, if you win outside of the States, it's going to be whatever $20 US dollars is the equivalent of in that country or in that, uh, yeah, in that currency. So just keep that in mind. So you're not getting fucking 20 pounds UK, all right? Right. <laughs> that's, that's like double, double arm money, right? So exactly. yeah, let's try. That's I know hilarious. that a lot of people are really hoping for uh, Amazon Canada because then it's less than twenty dollars US. <laughs> but yeah, UK, we're not giving you twenty pounds. Yeah, exactly right. Damn it! But easy way to win twenty bucks. 
And if there happens to be a tie at the end, which I would be very surprised because there's nine different best picture options and then like five options for all the other six categories. So, but if for some reason there happens to be a tie, then there's just going to be a random winner chosen. So there's going to be one winner chosen out of all the entries. And uh, we will have a time that this uh, poll ends and you can only enter once. Um, and you have to enter your full name and your email address in order to be qualified to win. Um, all those are required fields on there. So it's very simple, very easy to enter, very easy to win. Pick whoever you think will win. Even if you know nothing about the Oscars like myself uh, in terms of these films, it doesn't matter. Just pick some winners. You might get lucky. Uh, do a little research. There's always research out there if you if you cared that much. But uh, and, so and, and don't worry about the uh, small print at the bottom where it says you have to send a new to confirm who you are that you're not a bot. Uh, don't worry about that for now. Only if you <laughs> not win, for now. Then we'll have to, no, not for now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, this is part of this is part of Trump's America here. Okay. So, <laughs> lots of nudes. <laughs> Okay. Oh man! Start with cold cleaning. Hilarious. Work your way up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Ash, what's your history with the Oscars? Do you follow them at all? Have you seen any of these nominations? What? Two. Um, like I was big into them in high school. It's like because they told us we had to be big into them in high school. You know, it's like oh, you know, Oscars are a big deal. Yeah, and. More and more, and I do love a lot of different movies, and I love a lot of different genres and stuff like that, but it's just like, when critics constantly pan the stuff I enjoy, and <laughs> and just, you know, just the way they go through the process and everything else just bugs the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, I've kind of, eh. It's like, you know, when a movie I liked gets nominated and wins, great, but I don't go out of my way to watch them, because it's just not... Yeah, the Academy can go fuck itself. So, but uh, yeah, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, absolutely. So, though the listeners, you only have to pick through uh, seven different categories. Uh, the three of us here on the podcast are actually going to fill out a complete ballot, which oh, yeah. I didn't count how many uh, how many different categories there are. Lots. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of categories. Fifteen ish, and so we're going to fill out our own ballot. Um, and the winner, uh, so whoever has the most out of the three of us is actually going to be able to pick a second film for our next distributor arc. Uh, so whichever distributor you guys tell us that you want to hear us talk about, um, whichever, uh, host here wins the, uh, Oscar challenge out of the three of us Whatever is going to be able to wins. pick. Yeah, he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to pick a, (laughs) okay, I'm done. (laughs) I thought it was like looping. I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) we're fucked. (laughs) But whoever, whenever Mark wins, so we don't get into that again, um, (laughs) uh, that person will get to be, uh, get to choose a second film that they want to review during that arc. So they'll get to pick whatever that fourth week's film will be. So the winner will actually get two films that uh, of their choosing for the next distributor arc. So just a little incentive for us, just for the hell of it. And uh, the real prize, though, is, of course, for our listeners, 20 bucks. Enter at cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars. And uh, all you need is your name, email address, and which Amazon store you want. And then pick it a selection. Uh, select one out of each category of the seven that are listed, 
and you're going to be entered to win. So it's as, as simple as that. And again, if there are any ties, we just will randomly uh, pick a winner using a number generator of some sort. So mm-hmm. awesome. And then we're going to go over our list probably a, a week or so before uh, the actual uh, Oscars go up, which is uh, they, they air on February 26th, I believe it is. So about a month from now. Uh, so we'll actually talk about our picks before that, just so we all have it on record so no one can cheat because I know Mark. So uh, I was young. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, when man. It comes to movies, I'm dead serious. Damn right. I'm dead so serious. Speaking of peachy keen. <laughs> well, seriously, talk about your week in, in uh, the world of media. Mark, what'd you do uh, this past week? Honestly, uh, not that much uh, due to my schedule, which you guys are more than accommodating for. So thank you for that. Um, it's, it was a short um, week between recordings. Um, so honestly, I didn't watch much um, apart from uh, the homework for this episode. Yeah. Um, I've added one to my uh, alpha to, to Zulu to alpha challenge, my A to Z challenge here. I watched mm-hmm. um, from Vinegar Syndrome, the Jekyll and Hyde portfolio from 1971. Oh, okay. I don't think I own that one. Yeah. Um, well, you can hold off on it if you want. Uh, oh, okay. Good. <laughs> it's directed by Eric Jeffrey Hames. And uh, the main stars listed uh, is a uh, Sebastian Brooke, a Maddie McGuire, and a Don Greer. Um, so this takes place, it looks like it could be in the 70s, but I guess it's like more Victorian era. Um, it's at a all-girls nursing school where there's a murderer that commits a series of murders due to personal uh, dual personalities and zodiac birth signs. That's the uh, main <laughs> line here uh, on IMDb. Um, so girls are getting killed, and the the I guess, logo of the Gemini is being carved onto their bodies. Um, so now the police are at the school trying to solve the murder. Um, so between uh, scenes of girl on girl action, uh, I should say this is an X rated movie, but it's the okay. Tamest Tamest X-rated film I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so Vinegar Syndrome uh, released this film, um, and they, I guess they had negatives. They restored it in 2K, so it's not the nicest looking. But again, it's not a. It's it's not a. It's I'm probably surprised that they actually found the negatives for this movie. Um, but it's a it's a dual package with uh, a Clockwork Blue, another X-rated film by the same director that I didn't oh, watch. Oh, yeah. Um, but the Jekyll and Hyde portfolio, um, so between the lesbian sex scenes, which are really not sexy, um, it's it's funny how some of the, you know, Elizabethan nurses had bikini uh, tan marks. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm honestly nitpicking. Uh, apparently, most of the nurses used in this movie were porn actresses from the time. Um, I didn't recognize any. Um yeah, so what, what kind of bugged me a bit is that, I guess, because it's a, it's a slasher and it's at a nursing school, I guess these girls have never done any biology whatsoever. So the main, I guess, head uh, doctor instructor keeps get, making girls um, dissect frogs. And there are two scenes where the, uh, the actor is dissecting live frogs to a point mm-hmm. where they flay them open. And then they keep talking about how the heart still beats after they die. 
and you just kind of play with the heart and like I don't want to see this, you know. I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not squeamish, but I just like it. It just seems it's there for for no reason. Like it doesn't bring the plot ahead. It makes mm-hmm. the it makes the head instructor a possible suspect in the killings. But I didn't need to see ten minutes of this section and like multiple, uh, you know, frog hearts just beating and being detached and still beating. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you know? Right. Um, the movie is bad. Uh, the acting is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actresses tend to uh, well this is one that acts like a huge bimbo and she tends to think out loud <laughs> okay but so you're thinking maybe oh you know she's thinking in her head just for the audience but no then people inside the room can hear her think out loud it's oh. it's not good uh, the doc uh, the uh, the police that go to uh, investigate the crime uh, they're dirty pervs as well so two girls <laughs> are going at it and of course a cop watches for like a good five minutes um the special effects are bad. A lot of the uh, kills are obscene. I can't recommend this at all. Um, so I don't. I'm not recommending this. <laughs> so enough with that. That was the Jekyll and Hyde, the Jekyll and Hyde portfolio. Um, if you're a completist with Vinegar Syndrome, go for it. On Amazon, it's fetching a pretty penny because it was limited to a thousand copies on Blu-ray. But you can find it. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. So like I saw on Amazon Marketplace. On the uh, U.S. side, yeah. mm-hmm. somebody was asking 150 for it. Oh wow! I will not pay 150 for this. But the DVD, yeah. which has the same features, oh, this movie doesn't have any special features either. So it's just a two oh. films, trailers, and that's it. But uh, you can get the DVD for like 20 bucks. So if you need to have it, get it on DVD. It's a lot cheaper. Um, one thing I was uh, watching here, uh, I guess one of my challenges again is to watch a Netflix show per month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started the OA. Um, I'm oh, okay. i yeah, that new one. Yeah. With Brit uh, Marlin. Um, I'm only two episodes in so far. Um, some people are saying, oh yeah, it's just like stranger things. Well, it's got a sci-fi vibe to it, but it's not stranger mm-hmm. things. So those who are, you know, reading the hype about that, uh, it, you're going to be disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. I really dug the first episode. Then the second episode kind of felt long up until like the very end um, but I can see that a lot of Kara was taken to this film or into this, uh, into this series. Yeah. It's only eight episodes and the shows, like the episodes kind of go into one to another, you know, usually you finish a Netflix episode and you got like 30 seconds. Right. Well, with this, the episode ends and you have like a transition spot and you've got five seconds. till the next episode starts. So in a way it's kind of meant to be seen maybe in one large long sitting. Um, How long is each episode? Well, so far, the first episode was an hour and 11 minutes. Second episode was only 58. Um, Jeez, that's a long one sitting. It would be. But some people just like to Netflix and binge. And and binge and chill. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Did you know that means having sex? I just learned that not too long ago. Really? Oh, no. I I had the mistake of Netflixing and chilling with your parents. I had no No. (laughs) I thank you. At least okay. So we're all old. Thank God. Oh no, yeah, I'm, my, I'm, uh, playing, I'm playing with you. I knew what that meant. Oh, you're a fucking yeah. asshole. Well, I don't make you feel bad. You're the host. <laughs> I was saying you need to ban me. Uh, I don't be banded. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, it was actually like six months ago. But still, it feels it feels recent. It still feels new to me. All right, it's it's really me, damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so again, I'm only two two episodes in. 
Um, obviously, I'm yeah. not going to spoil this show, but uh, so far, mm-hmm. so good. So I'm going to put some stuff up on Instagram uh, later on. Uh, well, I guess by the time this episode airs, you'll know them watching this. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so far, I'm digging it. It's a little slow, but I do like a slow beat sometimes. It just builds okay. up characters, and then it makes me want to wa- to care for these characters more. So, right, yeah. But apart from that, that's really all I did. All right, excellent. And what about you, Ash? I um, I started watching Elevator season two. There's only four episodes. They are on Netflix. Um, season good? two has a different theme than the first season did. They they actually went with the theme. Uh, and they changed how the uh, the final the final thing works, uh, which is pretty cool. I like that. Um, let's see. I watched. Uh, apparently, I am on a Paul Anderson and Mia jo- Jovovich uh, kick because uh, I ended up watching The Three Musketeers, 2010. Mark almost slapped you with that hard "just" sound. But... Hey, hey, hey! I fixed it. Damn it. <laughs> It's 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 Jovovich. I didn't want to see anything on camera because um, <laughs> I'm filming. I'm filming this right now for my web series. Um, I just didn't want to interrupt you, but thank you. You need, you need interrupting, Jovovich. <laughs> I fixed it. Damn it. Anyway, yeah, he corrected it. Uh, so it, basically, it's his take on the Three Musketeers. Um, basically, take like everything he's done with Resident Evil. And apply it to Three Musketeers and throw in some steampunk, and you've got the Three Musketeers movie. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously, like at all. Um, mm-hmm. But the cast is fun, the action's good, uh, the comedy works. Um, the biggest problem with it is that it ends up trying to set up a sequel uh, at the very last few minutes of the film. Um, instead of you know oh. giving us that closure, they do they they pull a Resident Evil basically. <laughs> and knowing how well it did at the box office, it's not going to get a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, eh. Uh, Orlando Bloom is hilarious as the mustache-twirling villain. Uh, then you've got Christoph Waltz and Mads Mikkelsen as the uh, other that round out the trio of bad guys that face the Musketeers. Um, Mia ends up joining with them. Um, that's not that's really a good because it happens at the beginning of the fucking mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> but uh, it is. I've I've not seen it. I've heard I always heard bad things about it when it came out, and I never ended up watching it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's it's fun. Don't go in expecting something groundbreaking. This is not like the '90s version. It's never going mm-hmm. to supplant the '90s version for me. Yeah. Um, but it's fun, especially since they throw in airships. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I liked Ray Stevenson, Luke Evans, and Matthew McFadden as the Three Musketeers. The only one that I couldn't really get into was Logan Lerman as D'Artagnan. Uh, he's decent enough, and he brings you know quite a bit to it. But I don't know. It's just his performance. I don't know whether it's just the script or if it's just Anderson's directing style. But he's kind of uneven throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like in some moments, the moments he nails it, and the other moments it's kind of like, eh. So it's just like, all right, you know. So I, just to make I, sure, I, there's no Oliver Platt in this one. No, there is no Oliver Platt. Oh. No, <laughs> no, I like Oliver Platt. No, yeah, I, and the cast is pretty good. I mean, you get Christoph Waltz in this for crying out loud, and Mads Mikkelsen, which is and Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You know, it's funny though. I am looking at the uh, IMDb for the old one from '93, and uh, had a pretty good cast too: Charlie yeah. Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt. Uh, Tim Curry's in it. Rebecca, the morning, Gabriel Anwar. Yeah, like 
I should watch. We should do. Oh, we should do a, a double episode of like Three Musketeers and the Three Musketeers. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any Three Musketeer film ever. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm well, a big swords guy, so yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I have to watch. I, if you like Three Musketeers and you you know you dig the Resident Evil movies, you know the, their action style and stuff, it's worth a look. And if you you know it, it's it, it's a fun swashbuckling movie, it doesn't take itself seriously, and mm. it's worth it for that. Um, but you know, when I go out and buy it, no, but mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, the other one I watched was the guest, which, uh, is leaving Netflix tomorrow. So by the time this airs, you'll have already missed your chance, but we did tell you about it last week. I was going to so. say you warned him last week. Yes. Um, I actually gave this one almost a perfect. I gave it four and a half on Letterboxd, uh, which means it would give us what a three and a half here. Roughly, you're three and a half or almost four. Yeah. Um, but for us, but uh, yeah, it's Dan Stevens in the title role is perfect. He gets, he has a wide range. He gets to do a lot of shit. Um, it's no frills kind of action horror film. I want to say, I mean, they film it and it's paced like a horror movie, and it ha- but it has all the earmarks of a psychological thriller. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, kind of like a, a neat genre mashup on all fronts really um there's not a wasted shot uh or scene and it was definitely worth a watch so you know you got if yeah. you haven't watched it yet brandon talk yeah um nope i did i did okay and uh undoubtedly the best film i've seen from adam wingard i loved it <laughs> um uh, one thing to note though Keeping in mind with our rating system, four does not mean perfect. It just means excellent. That's true. So just keep that in mind. I, I definitely gave it four stars. Uh, I gave it a 10 on Letterboxd or on Letterboxd fucking on IMDb as well. I fucking loved this movie. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, excellent. God, the soundtrack is amazing. So I, as soon as it was done, I was on Amazon. Uh, actually, I went to MondoTees.com because I wanted to check out the vinyl the, from from Mondo. Mm-hmm. Well, the the vinyl is just the score; it doesn't have the soundtrack, uh, and so it doesn't have like the licensed music from, from that was in the film. Okay. And so I'm kind of not sure if I want to get that one or not. Um, I do have the CD of the soundtrack in my Amazon cart, and I'm going to be purchasing that uh, come payday, but. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, man. It was just so good. Yeah, um, I am so glad I watched that. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I I would love to talk about this film with spoilers because there's just so much going on. Um, it really just took me on a ride, man, because I wanted one way. I wanted one thing. And then when you get a different thing or a, uh, something else, it's just like, ah, you just broke my damn heart. <laughs> like, um and and like you said, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dan Stevens as David is just fucking perfect. Um, he's so charismatic and so likable. Um, it's which is exactly what the role needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, Mark, you definitely nailed this recommendation, and, and and a special thank you to Brent as well, who's kind of been uh, raving about this one also. Um, and you know who I also loved? Uh, I love the fact that it had, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to say her name, Meika, Meika, Mika Monroe playing Anna, the sister. She's from It Follows. Um, and she was excellent in It Follows. 
Yeah. And uh, I thought she was just great here. She's so beautiful also, which doesn't doesn't hurt. But, man, she's so good in this. And um, there's so much to love. Yeah. It Follows is also on Netflix, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's another one that's definitely worth a watch. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Um, But uh, so the other the only other thing I had this week for my media was my best in the backlog, which we'll talk about later and the Resident Evil movie. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, because we kind of started some of our home renovations. So I've been working on tearing up carpeting out of stairs. Oh, gotcha. Can I say something really, really quickly? Yeah. Uh, Mika Monroe, the one we find very beautiful. Mika. Mika Monroe. Um, she was born in 1993, the yeah. same year as the Three Musketeers with Oliver Platt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you for that connection. You're welcome. That's oh, man. It's a good year. Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, us creepy old men. All right. As I sip my coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up starting our home renovations that were. Uh, we weren't going to start because uh, like the, we actually started with the last thing that we wanted to do because the um, cats decided that we had carpeting on our stairs and we were planning on tearing it out and redoing the steps. Um, But yeah, one of the cats decided to have a late night vomit session from the top of the stairs all the way down. (laughs) Oh Oh, man. Yeah. So we're just like, you know what? We're tearing the carpet out anyway. Right. I'm not even going to clean it. We're just going to tear the That's funny. God, that sucks, though. That's gross. Cat vomit is... Anything cat that comes out of a cat is just disgusting and obnoxious to clean like, up. Like kitties? Ugh. Yeah, gross. They're all splattered about. It's so, sickening. So gross. <laughs> Meowing and stuff in your ear. Like, shut up, kitty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, don't Pisses mock me my off cat. even thinking about it. Only, only I can mock my cat. <laughs> excellent yeah so uh myself i will uh, talk about my week i suppose so mm-hmm. i played some more fifa 16 for the first time since last summer and the game is just addicting like i go in with the attention of playing one match end up playing four five six whatever and then um i'm back on the path of trying to win the premier league title for the second year in a row so ended up winning two preseason tournaments and uh, the first game of my regular season so I have a, an excellent starting 11 that I'm really excited about and a ton of money to send, spend throughout the, the the whole season here. So should be fun to continue on, though, uh, as as I go forward. But uh, the best part of playing FIFA, though, is that it allows me uh, like I say, I don't even turn on my soundbar when I'm playing FIFA and I just put a record on which is why one of my records downstairs. Okay. And so um, I ended up listening to three more albums this week using this method. Um, so the first one was the self-titled debut album from The Violent Femmes, which I absolutely loved. Um, I didn't realize how many songs I actually knew off that album, but it ended up being like two or three more than I realized. Um, and I love that album. It actually ended up being the first four-star album that I've rated this year. First album I've listened to that I've rated for uh, four stars. So... I loved it. Um, second was the Velvet Underground, uh, what's affectionately known as the Banana Album or Velvet Underground and Nyko Album. Um, it has the Andy Warhol banana on the cover, so it's often referred to as the Banana Album. Okay. Uh, but uh, that one was pretty good. Um, it ended up having a few songs I wasn't enjoying as much as I'd hoped, but overall, it's definitely a solid release. Um, I used to listen to them a bit when I was in undergrad, but I mustn't have had this CD on there um, because I didn't recognize virtually any of these songs, but... 
you know, it is what it is. I'm definitely, I want to listen to it more. Um, and then finally ended up listening to the Mondo release of the Gremlins soundtrack, which was just so damn good. Yeah. Um, Jerry Goldsmith, his, he just finds a way to use these classic beats we know from Christmas songs and he makes them creepier than we've heard in the past or sometimes just makes them more fun than we've heard in the past. Um, it's just, he does such a great al- uh, a job with this with this whole album. Um, and this release was actually a two disc, uh, two disc, I guess, two vinyl LP uh, from Mondo, and it's just fucking incredible. Um, and it ended up earning the second four star rating from from me this year. Um, but Mark, have you listened to this one yet? No, I haven't cracked it open yet. Okay, um, just because the whole record player thing, which I'm kind of, you know what, records are meant to be played, so mm-hmm. whatever. But I'm still kind of looking for another player. I just oh, haven't okay. committed to anything yet. Yeah, um, it's because of a few other expenses coming up, but mm-hmm. uh, no. Uh, the Gremlins one is one I haven't touched yet. Um, I have it uh, still sealed away from water or sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anything to happen to the uh, to the album uh, cover, but uh, it's one I, I will uh, ra- unwrap uh, soon. I just don't know when. Yeah, I'm sure I mentioned it, but I fucked mine up when I was doing that video. Uh, then, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what the hell I did. I mustn't have had enough water on the towel I was using. I pushed too hard something, but it fucked it up. And so whatever. The resale value dropped a lot, but well, it doesn't matter. I'm not I, selling it anyway anytime I think they soon. Might be so. doing it on purpose, because if you look at Mondo's release of the Fight Club soundtrack, mm-hmm. to actually get to the uh, to get to the vinyl, you have to wreck your your album cover. So you actually oh, have to really? tear it open. Yeah. So my buddy wow. Andy actually bought two, <laughs> one just oh, to okay. have still in mint, and then one to open to play. Hmm. But I don't like that. No, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to spend, you know, 30, 35 bucks on an album and then have to destroy the album cover to right. get to the discs. Yeah, I don't sucks. think that's very cool. No, not at all. But, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to listening to uh, more. I'll probably play some FIFA tonight after we're done recording and put on something else. But, nice. Uh, yeah. Now, do you wear it. soccer shorts when you play FIFA 16? Um, you know, I'm... Pretty much when I'm home, I'm always wearing shorts. So, um, how, how high do your socks go? <laughs> Depends on my mood. Do they go all the way? Oh man. Uh, so I also so, go ahead. What kind, of mood, what kind of mood are you in? Uh, right now, I am footloose and fancy free, man. Barefooted. Uh, you're gonna right, score just, goals tonight. Just for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I sure think so. <laughs> Uh, so another one I ended up watching was um, The Tall Man. So this was one I actually received from uh, Horror Pack when I was subscribed to that service toward like the middle of 2016. Okay. Um, and I heard a lot about it when I worked at the movie store that I used to work at, but I never ended up watching it. And it was always kind of mixed reactions. But uh, Bridget and I were trying to find something to watch together and we thought that might be a good one because I, you know, it's kind of a, th- it's a thriller, but it's, it's oh. not scary. Blah, Is that blah, blah. the chick from Seventh Guest or Seventh uh, Heaven? Um Jessica Biel? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So, um, you know, I was, uh, I was a little disappointed with that one. Um, there are definitely some things I like about the film. Uh, most importantly, I respect the fact that it presents the audience with something that is clearly uh, debatable about whether it's a good or a bad thing. Okay. And then it never forces an opinion down your throat. It just leaves it gray, which I definitely appreciate that. But that said, the ending was just a little bit disappointing. Um, the setup was was damn intriguing. Um, it hooked me in the beginning, 
all the way through the middle with all its twists and turns and whatnot. And then had some really good uh, cinematography as well. The filming locations were just gorgeous. But then it just, I don't know, it felt like it failed to deliver what it had set up. It didn't deliver in that third act. So it's not a terrible film by any stretch. I just wish that it ended up going in a different direction. I don't know which direction, just a different one. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to say anything about it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, you know, see it if you can watch it cheap or free, like it's streaming on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I don't know, but if you can. Um, but I don't really think it's worth a purchase myself. Now, you've seen this one, right, Mark? No, I just know the uh, – it just reminded me okay. of the cover on uh, on, on uh, Netflix. Gotcha. I've never seen it. Ash, have you seen tall, The Tall Man? Um, No. Okay. All right. Yeah, but – like I said, if you can see it free, yeah, watch it. You know, it's not a terrible way to spend an hour and a half, but otherwise, yeah, just move on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the last one I want to talk about this week was a uh, a 2016 horror film called uh, Train to Busan. Yeah. Uh, and I could be saying Busan, Busan, whatever I'm calling it, Busan. So this is a South Korean zombie film. And Honestly, it's it's one of the best zombie films I've seen in years. Maybe the best outbreak film I've seen since probably 28 weeks later, I'd say. Okay. Um, so this one came out on Tuesday of this week, and I had it on the very top of my Netflix disc queue um, like for the past couple weeks here to receive it right when it came out. So um, I got it in, and uh, I was watching something else, and so my power kept going out. Um, the other night while I was trying to watch, I was actually watching like an old Royal Rumble on WWE Network. Okay. Um, but it kept going out. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to bed. Um, but before that, I, I sat down on my laptop in my, in, in my uncomfortable computer chair with no armrests and thought, well, let me put this on for a second to see how the quality is. Well, two hours later in that same stupid ass, uncomfortable, armless computer chair, the same one that I am suffering through while recording this podcast. I really <laughs> need to get a new one. Um, I was watching the credits roll on Train to Busan. So, um, Man, so this is basically about how our main father and daughter duo try to survive a train ride as a zombie outbreak hits their country, and and more specifically as it hits their train. So, um, okay. yeah, I grew very attached to the characters that we met throughout the movie, and I mean, I was emotional at different points throughout that I didn't expect at all. But it is it is a great fucking movie, and I cannot say that uh, enough that anyone who has any interest in zombie v- films, you're going to want to seek this one out. Um, I've heard that it's only $15 at Best Buy on Blu-ray right now, so I'm thinking I'm going to be heading there um, later this week to, to check that out. And if it is, I'm definitely going to buy it because I need to have this in my collection. Um, a four-star film, must-see in my opinion. Really check this one out if you guys can, because I really think you're going to like it. Cool. Well, you know, I've heard good things about it. Just it was yeah. too late because it played at uh, my Mayfair theater that I go to. Oh, okay. I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, oh, it's probably just some, you know, uh, you know, travel from the city to a village story where somebody right. discovers their family. I'm like, eh. Yeah. I had no clue it was a fucking zombie film. If I would have known, I would have made the effort to go. Right. So I am kicking myself not to see it on the big screen with an audience. I really yeah. am. But I'll be interested. I, I'm hoping to hit Netflix soon. Um, and I'm hoping you guys get a chance to see it because I definitely want to hear your thoughts on it. But It's on my radar. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's move over to our next segment today. And we're actually going to have a question of the week this week, which I'm pretty excited about. Okay. I think I'm ready to. You guys ready for this? Um, 
<laughs> so this question is actually from Chris, um, and he was asking, what is your favorite movie based on a video game? So what's your favorite movie that's based on a video game? So I'll go first. Obviously, I have time to think about these questions. I, I do have a question, though. Yes. Now, can the movie create the video game, or does the video game have to be first? So, like, is there is uh, either way? I don't care. Okay. He didn't specify, so whatever. Okay. Whichever. Okay. Um. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spout out my answer here. Um. So I, Resident Evil is definitely up there, but I kind of wanted to go in a different route just because we're talking about that in this arc. So, uh, to me, it's got to be one that I think is just really underrated. Everyone always hated on it, but I, I actually really like the movie and it's, uh, doom, uh, with <laughs> the rock. Okay. I don't, I, you know, I thought, um, so the rock, he, the rock is okay in this, but it's definitely before he found his groove as a film actor, which I think he does a great job now, but, um, it was kind of one of his earlier films and you know, he, he's not the best in this film. Um, but the rest of the cast I thought was good. Say again? The Rock is not the problem with Doom. No. Um, I, I would agree with you, but I don't have many problems with Doom. So, um, you know, I really – I thought the special effects were good when I watched it. Um, the story had me engaged the whole time. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was, which was, a, you know, an adaptation of a very um, lightly plotted video game. And yeah. so, you know, I, I liked it. Hmm. So that that's going to be my answer. It's more of that's kind of one I think is most underrated, um, but still one that I would definitely consider one of my favorites. Well, I'm going to go where the game was first created, then a movie came out. Just because, okay. like, like if that, if I can go vice versa, I go Ghostbusters because there's some kick-ass video games based off that property. Mm. Um, but that was not the question. So I'm going to say two of them. Okay. Uh, one's more jokey, one's more serious. Um, <laughs> Do we get to decide which is which? Sure. How about that? <laughs> um, DOA, Dead or Alive, from oh, 2006, yeah. <laughs> is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> off the fighting game. And if I do remember correctly, it did emphasize booby jiggle. Yes, DOA does, yeah. So take that as you will, if that's my serious answer. Or <laughs> well, my, it's, it's you. Uh, I believe it's serious. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I kind of so, need to see that one now. I've not seen. I've not seen that. I need, oh, booby jiggle. That's a selling point for me. Who'd have thought? Right? Who needs special features when there's booby jiggle? <laughs> um, I need to actually own this. I do not own this movie. Uh, oh. So that's a crime. Um, <laughs> but it will be serious now, folks. Um, I would have to say Silent Hill. I loved Silent Hill yeah. um, when it came out. Um, I loved the, the look of it. I loved the actors in it. Uh, the, the, the soundtrack was the fucking bee's knees. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'd have to say Silent Hill. That's, that movie was fucking fantastic. I still have not seen the sequel. but uh, You know, I knew Silent Hill would be brought up, but I, I thought for sure – um, Ash was would bring it up, and he you still can obviously. Still probably gonna bring it up. Yeah, exactly. Because I know I know Ash loves it, but man, I just I I did not like that movie. I've seen it a couple of times, and I just don't like it. Really? Like, yeah, I don't want second hat. <laughs> the that, second half true. of that Silent Hill game is or movie is just garbage. But yeah, well, you know what? The but the the first half is really good, and Sean Bean doesn't die, so yay! You know he's he survived. <laughs> This is kind of nice. Yeah. So go ahead, Ash. Go ahead with yours. 
Um, I'm going to have to go with Silent Hill. Yeah. And you just shut your whore mouth. <laughs> That's my yeah, line, man. damn it. <laughs> uh, no, Silent Hill, basically, I mean, it brings the feel of the games to the film without completely and totally just rehashing the game. Um, they change a few things up um, and they they kind of they make it more interesting because uh, I mean, Silent Hill, the game, yeah, it was scary, but it was scary because you were out in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't a lot going on story wise, <laughs> to be honest, in the original game. Um, but it was a creepy ass fucking game and you wanted to know what was going on. The movie, you need to know you there's some setup to it and you get, you know, what's going on. So the climax of the film makes sense. Um, but, uh, and I, I liked it because they, they paid direct homage to the game. Like one of the opening shots of the movie, like when she goes down this one alley in silent and when she's actually in silent hill, they used the exact same camera shot that they used in the game, uh, to to kind of do the, the transition into from, you know, where she was going and where, what was going to happen. And I think they did it deliberately just to be like, you know, people who played the game will get it. Yeah. When we, when we watched it in the theater, we could tell who played the game and who hadn't because they're like, uh, you know, everybody who played it was like, Oh crap. I need the, probably the only thing I don't like about the silent Hill film is them bringing in pyramid head because pyramid head was specifically for the protagonist or the main character for silent Hill two. He wasn't in the original silent Hill, but he's associated with the silent Hill game. So I can see why they brought him in, but it's just, and they utilize him interestingly, but you know, I, overall, I think silent Hill is probably my favorite. Um, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Silent Hill for my favorite. As far as least favorite, yeah, I, there's so many bad ones. I couldn't even really begin to start. I think, <laughs> I, think I, I think Mario Brothers would probably be my, the least favorite right there with Street Fighter. Uh, Street <laughs> Fighter would also hit that list of oh, really bad ones. Hmm. You know, I was shocked at how few of movies that I've actually seen when I was looking up um, like movies based on a video game I just haven't seen that many frankly but you know Alone in the Dark is uh, another film that is so bad you have to watch it yeah that was um, oh jeez what's his name Still he's in uh, Mr. Robot Christian Slater yes and thank you got, uh, Tara Reed. yes um, right 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 just right there, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I gotta watch that. I'm gonna hike my <laughs> socks up over my knees and just yep. go for the ride. Absolutely. Yeah, it's still still better than Street Fighter. Poor Mario. Not seen that one either. Oh, is Raul Julia's last role, which is unfortunate. Yes, um, it is unfortunate because But Van Damme's Guile. <laughs> Kylie Minogue's Cammy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there that it's sad that the the Japanese made a, a Street Fighter 2 anime film standalone yep. film that works better as a film than the live action one did. And it's just yes. like wow. But can, can we explore this a bit? Because I'm looking at a list right now, and I'm seeing some stuff that I want to watch right away, like <laughs> 1994's Double Dragon. You guys remember that? No, no, I'd blocked what? that one from my mind. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Alyssa Milano's the girl, and then Mark the Cac uh, the Cascos. He's Jimmy Lee. 
His brother is Scott Wolf. The main bad guy is Robert Patrick. Oh, it's so good. There's <laughs> that. And let's not forget fucking Fist of the North Star. Oh, my God. <laughs> Starring who? Yeah, but who, who Mandalore. Mandalore. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but Fist so of the North Star was an, based off an anime, not a video game. So, But isn't that based off a Genesis game called The Last Battle? Uh, don't think so, but let me look real quick. Oh, sure it was. I just That's remember okay. the anime. I remember the anime being fucking weird. And then um, I then I saw the live action one, and I'm like, okay, the anime, uh, no. Uh, Fist of the North Star was a Japanese manga series before it was anything. Uh, so it Oh, was, really? Yeah, it was published in uh, Shonen Jump magazine from 1983 to 1988. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then they oh. were adapted it into an anime TV series uh, from 1984 to 1988. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they went and made a live-action movie out of it, too. Oh, God. But there is a video game called Fist of the North Star now, right? Yes, I believe there is. Okay. That as well. Yeah, but yeah, the manga came first. I just wanted to name Drove Costas Mandalore again. <laughs> but, you know, if we're going for, for, like, fun adaptations of video games, yeah. um, I really dug Need for Speed. That came out uh, three years ago now. Still haven't watched that one. Oh, that, it's it's fun. If you go into it, uh, you know, expecting just a fun racing film, mm-hmm. um, you're going to dig that one. Um, that one's really good. Um, House of the Dead is horrible. Oh, that was, that was so bad. Oh. God, yeah, I forgot about that one. Ugh. But I kind of want to watch it now. You know? Um, I do too. I want to see that one because I've not seen it either. Yeah. Oh, and That's how, what I mean. There's so many I haven't seen. How can we forget fucking Mortal Kombat? We talked about that last week. Well, Mortal Kombat, I would rate as one of the better ones. Yes. I Oh, totally. Totally. Yes. The, like the first Mortal Kombat, yes. The second one, eh, no. Uh, but, yeah. you know. Oh, no. The second one was horrible. It's like Jack, uh, not Jack, but Sonya Blade's fighting. She gets dirty. Next scene, her uh, her white beater is clean again. It's like, what? Did you take a shower between scenes? Was Jack <laughs> watching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I they <laughs> screwed up so bad with that. It's just, yeah. It, it it's really sad when I would rather pop in the two two CDs set. I have of the Mortal Kombat Annihilation soundtrack and spend two and a half hours, you know, blissing out to techno, then watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, one more before we uh, before we end this here. Um, I watched this last year, for, I think for the first time. Wing Commander. Oh, see, but I liked that one. I, I like oh, it, but I don't like it. It's, I just don't like Freddie Prince Jr. at all. Uh, oh, I used I to love him. But I love me some saffron burrows. Oh, she's yeah, gorgeous. I do that, and uh, I the only thing I didn't like about that movie was uh, realistically was they basically tried to reinvent the storyline from the video game while they're adapting the storyline from the video game. And I mean, yeah, it was by the same guy who directed the live action sequences in the video games. Yeah, but it's just like. You, you, what did you do? <laughs> well, ac- according to Google, uh, the budget was 30 mil, box office 11.6. Yeah. It oh, wow. Bombed Ouch. bad. Yeah. That was the fastest yeah. I ever bought a VHS copy of a film, actually, I think. <laughs> <laughs> From the time. It, well, not, not just like cheap, 
Like, because mm-hmm. uh, like it came out in theaters. I didn't see it in theaters, and I was waiting for it to come out on on DVD or VHS to rent it. And it was out on VHS for like ten bucks, like within like a couple months of the movie coming out in theaters. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty wow. quick. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so if you guys have a question for the three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions you'd like to answer, you'd like us to answer here on the show, and we're going to do our best to answer them all. So again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust, or if for some reason you don't have Twitter, call us at one three zero two four four eight talk <laughs> or email us at con that t okay? really kicks my ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> you having a stroke oh man <laughs> or you can uh email us at contact us for any question of the week options so all right so let's move over to our arc review for the week so we are talking about Resident Evil Afterlife today from 2010. And as always, there will be spoilers for the entirety of this film and most likely the last two films as well. So make sure you are caught up with the Resident Evil series to this point. Otherwise, it will be spoiled for you. So just keep that in mind. So Resident Evil Afterlife from 2010 is written and directed uh, once again by Paul W.S. Anderson. He's written all the films, but this is only his second film directing, his first since the original. Um, It has an IMDb score of 5.9 out of 135,336 votes at the time of this recording. A Metacritic score of 37, a tomato meter of 23%, and an audience score of 49%. It had a $60 million budget, $15 million more than at least the previous two entries, and a gross of 60.1 million so it just made its money back so have did you either of you guys see this one in theaters i think we decided that going forward we've not none of us have seen any of these in theaters is that right no uh i'd seen this one in theaters but i oh okay any of the remaining ones and i did not uh i owned the other ones but i didn't own okay gotcha and I yeah I didn't I think I just watched this uh, for the first time maybe uh, two or three years ago, so okay yeah this is actually when I started watching through the series again a few years back this is the last film I watched, um, and frankly at that point it may have been the last film that was out when I was actually watching through these and I think about it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah so I've watched I have watched this one before I watched it um, so I I do own this one on three D. And I ended up watching it in 3D. Um, but honestly, it's just a bit of a pain in the ass because I'm taking notes on my laptop while I'm watching the film. Yeah. And so with the glasses, if you look down at the like the, a non-3D screen, it just gives that annoying effect. And then like the glare from the computer is messing with the 3D image. What a pain in the ass. So I, I chances are – I have seen this one in 2D orig- uh, the first time I saw it. So I figured I'm going to watch it in 3D because I, I knew there were a couple moments that I would like to have seen in 3D. And so, you know, I thought the 3D was was pretty good overall. Um, but the next one I actually own on 3D. And I have to double check, make sure there actually is a 2D disc in there. But if there is a 2D disc, I'll probably just end up watching this one in 2D. For, um, what's the next one? Retribution, right? No. Ooh, it's, um, oh, shit, to be honest. Yeah, Retribution's right. Retribution. Yeah, so I'll probably just watch that one in 2D. But I did watch Afterlife in 3D just as a programming note i guess <laughs> yeah i unfortunately did not watch this one in 3d um i uh i guess i bought this before i got my 3d tv so i've got the next one in 3d but this one i watched uh, unfortunately only in 2d gotcha 
Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, so I loved the opening of this one. So you get uh, there uh, somewhere in, I think they're on Japan, in Japan, if I remember right, from when they're zooming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the, the rain coming down in slow motion. And I just thought it looked badass. Um, and uh, eventually, obviously, the girl that we're kind of watching in slow motion is obviously turning into a zombie and uh, just attacks somebody. And then the way that it, the camera kind of pans up from the world and you see like the lights going out, it was just such a quick and, a, and, and effective way to show us just how fast this virus spread. And I thought that was uh, very effective. Yeah, it starts off nice. And I'm thinking, wow, some people have some really cool umbrellas. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have to also remember that this isn't happening in real time. Like, this is four years before uh, Alice actually makes it to uh, to Tokyo. Um, yeah, I thought, again, you know, it just it, it feels like a Resident Evil movie. It's yes. got all the tropes. It's got the, the music. It's, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do this again. Yeah, and... Um, since you brought the music up, uh, def- definitely something I want to talk about because I feel like the last two films kind of um, stepped away a little bit from the heavier metal soundtrack of the first film. And I feel like this was kind of a return to that and in a big way. Um, and I really like that aspect of it because I just I feel like that music works so well with these action sequences that go on. I really like that aspect of it. So I'm glad uh, Anderson brought that back. One thing I hate, though. And I mentioned it before is I just Wesker. I, I hate the character of Wesker. I think he's poorly acted. He just it looks like a fucking douche every time I see him. Like I cannot fucking stand Wesker. Well, you know, um, because they changed actors in this one. Yeah. Uh, so the actor in this one and the next one, it's uh, his name is Sean Roberts. And he actually went for the role of Chris um, Redfield. But uh, Wentworth Miller got it instead. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had a good like physique, so uh, they gave him the role of Wesker. Um, oh, okay. I, I didn't mind him in this one so much. I, I kind of just remember from, I think it's Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I thought Wesker had longer hair. So, to, to me, again, I could be completely wrong, but to me, he just seemed a little weird having shorter hair. It was longer than the previous film, but it, it was still, in, in my mind, my recollection of what he looked like, he still, it still seemed a little short, and it was just a little off-putting for me. Gotcha. Yeah, the only, I only rec- remember him from the last film, so I don't know. But I liked his clothes in this one. Whatever meshy Gore-Tex suit he had, because that stuff did <laughs> look waterproof. Um, <laughs> look, I thought it looked pretty cool on camera. That's funny. I don't even, I mean, it's just a black suit, right? I don't really remember it, to be honest. Dude, are you even watching and paying attention? Like, <laughs> OMG. Oh, man. It's about the clothes. Yeah. This is like, I think, the first movie where we're introduced to Alice and she's wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, that stood out to me. Yeah, this is the only film so far, minus the final chapter, which comes out Friday. Um, yeah. where we don't see her naked or waking mm-hmm. up from slumber. It's right. the only move in the series. So, unfortunately for you Nip Slip fans, there are no <laughs> nipples in this one. Yeah. No exposed nipples. Exactly. So, it loses half a star right off the bat. <laughs> so, we are right back 
uh, to the over the top action in this one. Yeah. Um, and, and you both mentioned, cause I mentioned last episode, I wasn't sure. I didn't remember how they used the clone, Alice clones. Yeah. And I feel like you both said that it was kind of, uh, not in a great way. Um, but honestly, I really liked what they did with it. We don't get a ton with the clones, but what they do have with it, I thought was worked really well in that opening uh, kind of action sequence there. I thought they did a really cool job with that. I enjoyed them. Well, my problem with this whole clone attack scene or mm-hmm. sequence, I should say, um, again, I watched this in 2D. They filmed with 3D cameras. So I'm not sure if the translation from three to two made a difference. Yeah. I thought the special features look so fake. Um, oh. them, uh, you know, when you had two of them repelling from the top down towards Wesker and they're shooting up in the air and they're shooting down. That looked bad. Um, I thought the initial scene where she was attacking uh, the uh, umbrella soldiers and when the elevator was going, I thought that looked bad. Um, It looked mismatched. Apparently, some of the scenes, uh, Mila does do a lot of her stunts because some scenes she had a stunt double and he just um, digitized her face on their bodies. Uh, Mm. I just, it it looks so poor to me. And just the fact that one of the, one of the, clones does die from gunshots would the real so she got shot from the from behind i don't think the real alice would have died that way and two the fact that they use cgi bullets and blood which i despise give me squibs or give me death um i just it takes me right out like as soon as this movie started i could tell it does not look as pretty as uh as extinction and uh even though there's a few years and the, uh, I guess, CGI quality has increased, I thought this film was a step down visually from uh, the previous film in the desert. I was just turned right off by all the green screen work. Yeah, I, that was actually one of the things I, I commented on. This, like, that was one of the first things I wrote down was, you know, the previous film took full advantage of the stark, bleak, but gorgeous setting. And this is right back to the very clean, pristine, I don't know, just grays and blacks it's and it's full it's full of fucking windows and all the windows are clean and spotless i don't think so yeah i that that bothered me but yeah you're right mark about it it looked when we went and saw this in the theater we actually saw this in 3d mm-hmm. and it looked fucking amazing in 3d in the theater watching it in 2d at home there's like a couple of the sequences just kind of fall flat the opening sequence does when you're watching it in the in 3D in a theater, that looked amazing. Yeah. The other sequence, and the other the other one that really, really lost a lot of its impact was the shower attack sequence with the Axe Man in the theater. the The slow mo, the water, everything about that whole sequence looked fantastic. And while we were watching it in the theater, my wife turned to me and said, "This looks great here." I bet this isn't going to have the same impact at home. And it doesn't. It just, it looks like it was shot for 3D and they had no, no concern about how it would look for somebody watching it in 2D. Well, I am very happy I have my movie theater in the basement where I was able to watch in 3D on a big screen because I just, (laughs) I I agree with you, Ash. I'm sure it looked different in 2D um, than it does in 3D, but I don't remember what it looked like in 2D because that was years ago, um, the first time I watched it. But watching it in 3D, I man, I didn't have any problems like that at all. 
Um, I thought these special effects looked excellent. Uh, and that, that shower sequence that you're talking about, I mean, it's definitely a candidate for favorite Act, uh, favorite scene or favorite moment in this series yeah. uh, it is so fucking cool how it looks in 3d um and i didn't um i'm i'm disappointed that it didn't translate for you guys in 2d as well as uh as well as i well, wish it had I, and that's that's part of the way it's part of the way they filmed it and it, it and it's a lot of the slow-mo i think i think the one thing it while while it was definitely filmed for 3D and he was keeping that entirely in mind because this is like when the, the 3D is new and we have to do yeah. all sorts of new shit for this. It, it, like there's a couple shots that it's like, really? Come on. Like when, when the Axeman throws the axe, that was that was one of them. It comes straight at the camera. It's just like... Yeah, it was hey, fucking amazing. Yeah, is those the terms you're looking for? Yeah, in 3D, <laughs> it was absolutely fucking amazing. In 2D, looking at watching it on my computer monitor, it looked like ass. So... <laughs> Right, but I—I I mean, I can't. You can't. Uh, I don't know. Is that? I, I can't really fault the director for that because his job was to make a 3D film. Well, yeah, yeah his job was so, to make a 3D film, but at the same time, um, if James Cameron, when he's filming Terminator 2, can plan out the way he's filming it so that it will look good on the widescreen and so that it would look good on a three by four or four by three television screen on VHS at the same time while he's filming it, you can film another a film in 3D and still make sure that it looks good in 2D at the same fucking time. But I mean, those aspects that you're talking about specifically, something coming at the camera, that is very specific yeah. to... I'm filming this in 3D, which yeah. is a completely different ball game than you're talking aspect ratio, in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, true. You know, Michael Bay managed to do it with the the Transformers movie Fall, uh, or uh, the third one, Fall of the Moon, or Dark Side of the Moon, or whatever the fuck it was, Dark of the Moon. Um, looked great in 3D, but it also looked good at home on my 2D TV. And, and but that's the that's the thing though. I have to give Andrew I have to give Anderson some shit on this. It's his job as a director to make sure that it looks good in the theater, but it also looks good in the aftermarket. When especially the Resident Evil movies, which thrive on aftermarket. I mean, he's making a sixty million dollar film. He's making almost a hundred percent of his profit for what happens in the theaters. His what he thinks about the home video market, I can't imagine is any of his concern. That's the concern of the people that are distributing the film. Yeah, but and see that's the thing though with the with the Resident Evil movies, you're looking at a whole package. You have to every time you sit down and do it, because that's where Sony makes their money, which means you get to have another sequel. Especially considering every freaking one of these has a teaser at the end of the movie for the next film. <laughs> I'll have to admit, um, as much as I did not like the opening scene with the clones, um, in 2D, I thought the shower scene with uh, the Axeman and Claire and uh, and Alice, I thought on my TV, it looked good. Um, now, were you watching a Blu-ray, though? I was watching a Blu-ray, yes. Uh, see, might, maybe that's the difference. It might be because I had it on DVD. So that might be uh, the difference there, too. I'm so dumb. I could have actually watched it in 3D if I changed my TV to 3D stereoscopic because it would <laughs> it would convert it into 3D, like any 2D picture. Oh, right. I, I just thought of me right now. I'm like, why didn't I do that? The, it was filmed in 3D. It's not a 3D Blu-ray. It's going to look as good as 3D Blu-ray. 
I could have still watched it in that aspect ratio. Fuck, I'm dumb. And I, I wonder how that would have looked. I, I watched the movie I twice, know. too. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm gonna get off my soapbox on this, because I did watch it on DVD, so that might be a big part of it. You know, I'm already lo- I'm losing resolution yeah. right there. Well, and so. you know, and that's probably part of the thing, just because, like, when I watched the first two Res Evils, um, it was on DVD, and I thought it mm-hmm. looked really shitty compared to... Yeah, um, I've been watching the whole series on DVD, too. So okay. That, that that might be it, but I don't have the Blu-rays, so... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that the water looked really cool, um, you know, but uh, it didn't look as fake as all this uh, as all the green screen in the at the beginning of the film with the clone attack. Fair enough. I just, I, I just had to get my soapbox. Oh sure, oh no, hey, <laughs> we're still friends, right, guys? Speak for yourself, assholes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say so. I hate when when green screen effects take me out of it. Like I can tell that I'm watching green screen, but it, that I'd never had that feeling throughout this entire movie. Never okay. felt like I was watching a green screen. Mm. That's good. Uh, yeah, I wish I I felt the same. Right. Um. So the shots. So she you know she takes that helicopter to uh, like Alaska, right? And um, the shots that they were able to to find there were so gorgeous. I loved that cinematography. It reminded me a bit of the um, the way they introduced um, uh, Claire's convoy in the last film. Mm-hmm. Just that same style. I thought that was awesome. I well, love shit like that. It was pretty, and it's a reprieve to all the indoor stuff we saw so far. Mm-hmm. Just having her in her uh, in her Amelia Earhart looking outfit, you know, yeah. flying that uh, Russian plane. Um, in the uh, in the mountains of Alaska, it looked really cool. Definitely, and I think one thing we get another return in this film with Anderson behind the the helm again is the return of the jump scare. I jumped a handful of times, um, and I that was kind of taken out of the last the last couple, but I thought it was brought back here, and I remember it being in the first one as well. Um, the first time I noted, or the first time I jumped, was Claire's entrance. So we kind of have that false scare, that false jump with the birds. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Al- or Claire comes up and starts trying to attack Alice, which just, that startled the hell out of me. I really like that. The, oh, I have, I have one I have to bring up. Um, there was a zombie moment um, that actually uh, it made me – it took me back to the first movie um, where the, the one wakes up in the water. Yeah. That, just, that scares the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Was the opening sequence with the Japanese girl out in the middle, you know, of the street? Yeah. Um, and it's like you know something bad's gonna happen, right? You just fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but I and I love, but I just loved like the the little split second she looks up and just and mm-hmm. goes for it. I was like, yes, perfect. Yeah. Love yeah, I know. I agree. That was definitely. I like that. It was very cool. Um, I thought the um. I, so there was the first time I watched the film, there was a couple scenes that stood out to me. The first one was the shower scene mm-hmm. uh, with that with that creature. And then the second one was the plane crash on the rooftop. Um, I just thought it was really, I don't know, it was really cool. Oh, and um, I thought it worked really well this time around as well. What I don't get is obviously um, Alice is uh, well-trained in aviation. Why would she, instead of trying to uh, land a two-person plane on the rooftop of a building, maybe head back to the airstrip, 
gas up a helicopter and then try to land that helicopter on the roof instead. Uh, I, I just didn't understand her impulse of landing, you know, with a plane. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Seems There's like a, snake on a lot of work. I'm, I'm just thinking too much, maybe. But I'm like, why, why try to wreck yourself on this plane and then uh, on on this roof and then you're stuck there because uh, you're not going to shoot your way out. There's a lot of. Um, I, I want to actually. The, I get a lot of carpenter vibe from this. Um, hmm. Assault on Precinct 13 and Escape from New York and Escape from LA. Like the 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 landing sequence with the plane is very Escape from New York. You know, you give the limited the space. Glider. Yeah, yeah, the where he was landing the glider, but she's landing a plane. Yeah. Um, but but then even then, like the zombies just coming at you through the gates and everything. It really, you know, just the way they would pop up and everything inside was very kind of like assault on precinct. So I, yeah, I, I can see that. There's a number of things that just feel like a carpenter, early carpenter flick here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I love assault thing. on precinct thirteen. Me too. So oh, good. One thing I really uh, liked about uh, the film here is the makeup on the zombies because now the outbreaks lasted over four years and yeah. the zombies are really decomposing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the makeup was probably the best zombie makeup I've seen so far in the series. They don't look fresh. They look weathered. They look bloated. Um, I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's so important, like, as, especially as, cause we're watching these, you know, just a week apart. It's mm-hmm. uh, that's something you would definitely pick up on. Whereas if you're watching it two years after the last one, that might not mean anything to you, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, definitely uh, appreciate that attention to detail and, and the time of out since outbreak. Now, have you guys played any of the more recent Resident Evil games? Like I played four, tried playing five, didn't work out. Um, I started four. Yeah. Um, I think I've started five because it's at one point. Okay. One of, one of them came with PS Plus. I can't remember which. Um, one of the more recent ones. And it's like, I think five and six, I actually. And I just, the gun controls pissed me off, and I just quit. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I feel about the first one. Um, the reason why I ask is that now the alien, the aliens, the zombies have mutated into the, like, uh, um, into, like, a plant. Uh, right. Fish, right. Now, that was introduced in four, and... According to like what I've read online about it is that they take those zombies from uh, Resident Evil 5 and the Axeman was from Resident Evil 5, but I'm sure I saw them in Resident Evil 4. Hmm. I don't know. I've not played any of the recent ones. Yeah. It's to a point where actually I want to get myself... I think the ones were from one of the other games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it started started in 4, but they're all quoting 5, so whatever. But it's to a point where I actually want to go pick up an old uh, used Wii. Just to play Resident Evil 4 again on the Wii, which I think was the best plat- platform for the game when it came out. Hmm. Using motion controls in a Resident Evil game is fucking fun. Yeah, I mm. fucking motion controls. Blech. Oh, what, what, what are the hate? Because they're awful. Why are you so rude hate? tonight? I don't uh, understand. This, this <laughs> comes from the guy who likes the like 15 minute long first person action sequence in the Doom film. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Groundbreaking filmmaking. That's what they call that. Hardcore Henry owes a debt Ugh. to Doom. All right. Uh, Hardcore Henry. Yeah, I refuse to even watch that. I just. Ugh. Give me motion sickness. Yeah, I. Mm, fucking there's a reason I don't play first person shooters much anymore. And it, <laughs> I, and it it's. 
I used to it used to not bug me, and it's not necessarily motion sickness. I just I I can't do the the first person anymore. I for even when I play like Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Online, where it's like they used to be nothing but first person, you know, first person combat and blah blah blah. It's like yeah, I zoom it out third person. Give me it to me all the time. I'd rather do that, but yeah, I I I, don't, I hate playing third person. I'm all about the first person perspective. Well, you you always think of yourself first, so that makes sense. That's very true. Yeah, I think you nailed that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved that the prison break star was in prison trying to break out. Yeah, and he had an issue with that because, he, I guess, prison break had stopped, had ended uh, its run, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, like, the first script he gets once the the run is done from his agent is his movies. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) You want me to play a guy who can break out of prison? And I guess... (laughs) And I guess their first lines on the TV show and in the film was, I know a way to get out of here. So it's like, what the fuck? You really want me to prove myself? So he almost didn't take that role just because it was too similar to his previous uh, role, which made him a star. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Um, I thought it was really random coming at this as somebody who doesn't, who, you know, if I don't remember or as somebody that doesn't remember the games virtually at all at this point. Uh, so fucking random that Chris is Claire's brother and how that's introduced. It's just kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, there's my know, sister. It's exactly like, what? like how they introduced Jill in the second movie, though. It's, yeah, that's true. You have to have played the games. Otherwise, yeah. you get no fucking context and they blindside you with it. It's like, right. oh, okay, thanks, dicks. I- Mm. I'm okay with Jill in two, just because it's in the city. It's you know, outbreak hasn't started yet, or you know, had just started, and she's a cop, a disgraced cop apparently. Um, but in this one, it felt like, oh, what are the odds that there's a zombie outbreak? You know, that killed a right. whole bunch of people, and you're incarcerated in the place where I landed a plane on. You know, um, yeah, that felt a little too uh, too, too like, easy. Yeah, yeah, it felt very easy. Yeah, I did love after um, Chris got out and he says he just turns to the movie producer and says "boo" and the guy jumps. I thought that was hilarious. It made me laugh out loud. Oh, and the producer, uh, Canadian Kim Coates. I yes. love that guy. He, he is such such a douchebag in this movie. Oh, exactly. My God. He there's nothing redeemable <laughs> about him whatsoever. Um, of course, he's awesome as uh, Tig in Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, uh, I love him as Tig. He's fantastic. Yeah. Tig. Awesome. But the thing is, though, he looks like a bad guy, right? Like, he's got the mm-hmm. typical bad guy face. Um, so, having him actually showing a lot of humor as Tig, and technically in this movie as well, like, he is not, he's not a humorous character, but his lines with his uh, personal assistant, like, they're hilarious, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, like, I-, I was very happy to see him in this movie. Yeah, no, I, I've never seen something like this. I didn't recognize him anything. Um, but Seriously? you know, it's very serious, sir. Ooh, that is very that serious. Is, you ever watch Sons of good. Anarchy? No. What? But um, I, Frank, I'm not you going to either. I have zero interest in watching that program. It's actually it's it's actually pretty decent, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what everyone says. I don't. I just don't. It's just one of those ones I never. I know I'm never going to get around to. Like I still need to watch Breaking Bad. Uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, there's just hundreds of series that I need to watch, oh, but I know, I know. Yeah, um, I'm for you, boo. 
So comparing like kind of the bad the baddies from these films so far, I thought and I don't know what he's called. I sound so ignorant, but like the executioner like giant zombie. Um yep. does he have a name? Just Axeman. Axeman, okay. Yeah. I thought Axeman is probably my favorite so so far. He's just so fucking cool looking. Um, I think I liked him even better than the nemesis in the second film. Um, he's just so badass and huge and just a perfect villain that looks like he'll be unsurmountable, insurmountable for the girls to take on. I love him. Yeah. And he's a cross between uh, Baghead Jason and Pyramid Head. <laughs> yes, you're he absolutely right. In one of the games, though, so a- as that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, that definitely feels like what they were going with with the design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought just the look looked really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the fight scene was really cool, and the fact and the way that they took him down was really yes. cool too. With just a shotgun full of quarters. God, I fucking love the shotgun full of quarters. That's such a cool weapon. I'm sure that looked awesome in 3D. It did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they ripped that off from Young Guns too. <laughs> but nobody's watched Young Guns too, so that doesn't mean anything. Hey, you know what? I watched Young Guns too. <laughs> what haven't you watched? Oh man! I call that movie yeah. Yum Guns too. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, I could literally watch Ali Larder and Mila Jovovich get wet and kick bad eye, bad guys' asses in slow motion all day long. Um, I just love that scene and the the water spraying up. I just such a badass scene. I love it. Love it. Love it. It's scary and sexy at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, there's just I love those characters. They're so good. And you know, the, the fucking coin shotgun. God I, damn. I was never huge into Ellie Larder. Like really? she was pretty, but she just never did it for me. For some oh. reason, she did it for me in this one. Hell I don't yeah. Know if it's, you know, her shooting machine guns or just her her radiant smile, but yeah, I really dug her in this movie. I dug her since the Final Destination series. I think that's when I first encountered her. Mm, that's right. But um, I loved the 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 producer's assistant's death, just fucking out of nowhere, split in half. I was like, "All right, here we go. Something something's about to happen." Uh, I thought that was really cool. I did love um, the uh, after Kim Coates gets the plane up off the ground, uh, off the off the building, and yeah. flying over the zombies. <laughs> it just sprays blood everywhere that was really cool yeah i I loved that that was awesome yeah i did dig that as well (laughs) um yeah another jump scare that got me was when uh this this i don't know what they're called but like the splitter guy zombie thing uh when they got luther when we think they get luther at least uh that was another one that just out of fucking nowhere got me really good um but one thing that I was disappointed in was I thought the dogs actually looked worse in this film than they have in the previous films. Yeah. And it might have been because they were more CGI, but I thought they were just not good looking. Yeah, uh, I think it's the the amount of CGI used to split the dogs open, have the exactly. dogs have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's more video game like. Like, I think they're going back to their roots here. Yeah. And uh, I kind of didn't mind it so much. Which makes sense with, uh, with, you know, going back to the original director and everything as well. Mm-hmm. But did you say you did mind or did not mind it? No, I didn't mind it so much. Uh, just okay. because I was into the vibe of the uh, further, like the older or I guess the newer games. So yeah. to me, the, the dogs doing what they did made sense. 
yeah, no, I liked what they did. It's just, I guess, the way they or how it looked when they did it was kind of. You know and then when they, it's the Wesker effect. It's because Wesker's the one that brings them out. So you're just like, ew, Wesker. Yeah, that's probably true. Because a second later, oh God, Wesker's just a terrible fucking character. Like I, <laughs> I just hate Wesker so much. What a snappy dresser. <laughs> my, my, my one friend who loves the Resident Evil games would drive to your house and beat the shit out of you right now. <laughs> and she's tiny, yeah. She's, oh man, she would, she would kill you. That's hilarious. <laughs> I believe it. I absolutely believe that. She, yeah, Wesker is her boy. You don't mess with Wesker. That's funny. And you know the guy I remember, who plays. I remember that. when we went and saw when we went and saw the um the I think it was either this one or um the previous one that had Wesker in it too. And she would like, she would squeal every time he showed up on screen. It was, Oh man. Is he a better character in the game? Um, he's a more mysterious character. He's more, and and he's more behind the scenes kind of guy. Oh, okay. He's not, he doesn't get directly involved. Usually like Mm. he, like in the first game he shows up and then he kind of vanishes for most of the game. And, and, but he shows up and pops up and always kind of throws roadblocks in the way. But he's, you know, he's also kind of a psycho. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, my wife pointed out I am, I am, sur- I do surround myself with psychotic, you know, you know character worshiping females. So, <laughs> oh man, nothing wrong with my that. Wife, my wife would leave me for a real life saber tooth in a heartbeat. So, <laughs> <laughs> who's wouldn't really? Oh man. Or yeah, or or yeah, she said, or Tyler Maine just willing to dress the part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, oh man! So I loved how many shots Claire and and Chris filled Wesker with at the end. That was very fulfilling to me. But then the motherfucker gets back up, and I hated that. Well, apparently (laughs) their fight sequence is almost a shot-for-shot remake of the fight sequence they have in Resident Evil Five. Oh, no shit. Yeah, apparently um, that's where, I guess, Wesker's powers kind of, they're kind of shown for the first time. And uh, they pretty much did shot for shot a live action uh, version of their fight sequence, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that definitely is. It's just one of those things that if you've played the game, you would appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I love them putting the bomb in the plane at the end. I completely forgot about that. Um, but I love that. But just eviscerates him. But it doesn't though. You will see the bomb goes off, mm-hmm. and then you will see a little parachute with a little man floating away. Do you see it in this film though, or is it kind of a flashback oh, in the next film? You see it in this one. No, I didn't see that because I don't remember. To be honest, I have no recollection of the next one. I just probably expected yeah, it to be see bad. The next one at all? So yeah. But yeah, you will see. You will see if you if you freeze frame. Well, I mean, freeze frame. I saw it like you know as I was playing. You will see a guy like parachuting away. I was up celebrating at that point, so I probably just missed it. <laughs> but I'll definitely have to look for it next time. <laughs> oh, that pisses me off because I thought for sure he was fucking gone. You're God damn it, Wesker's tail. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be in the next, like, three or two or three movies or however many we've got. Yeah, he's in it for the long haul. Same uh, Yeah, I'm not sure he's in the last one, but uh, he is in the next one for sure. Hmm. And then it uh, looks like Luther is still alive, so he'll, I'm, I'm assuming that we're going to get him in the next film. Uh, but I don't, I don't know for sure, obviously. We'll wait and see, but 
Um, I like that they brought back Kmart, who was very pretty in this one. She grew up. <laughs> yes, not Dominic Swain. Oh, it's a different actress? No, no, just in the last... Uh, oh, that god damn it. Yeah, Dominic Swain. Really was Dominic Swain. Yeah. forgot all about that. You know, you know what's uh, interesting? Um, <laughs> this, this filmed in 09, so it's at the height of Supernatural. And uh, Jensen Ackles was discussed for the role of Leon Kennedy. But I guess talks fell through, so they didn't, uh, they didn't film him for the part. I thought that would have been badass. That would have been badass and much better than okay. him going with My Bloody Valentine. Jesus Christ. Oh, that movie was actually pretty good. My Bloody Valentine is fucking fantastic and I will mute the fuck out of you. Do you understand me? Yeah, 3D full frontal nudity? Yes, please. Yes. God damn, I love that yes, fucking movie. No, no. My Bloody Valentine 3D with Jensen Ackles is a pile of steaming dog shit. Oh my god, you are an embarrassment. I love and I think it's a steaming pile of dog shit. Oh, I just, I can't even with this guy tonight. My I'm sorry, god. I'm sorry. If you shoot a <laughs> shotgun sequence in 3D, so it looks like you're, like, you know, giving a blowjob to a shotgun and expect it to look halfway decent in 2D, you're fucking nuts. Fuck I, 2D, it's a 3D damn movie. <laughs> Watch it in 3D, well, damn it. The time I got around to watching it, it was at the budget theater for in 2D. They didn't have 3D, because the budget Budget theater doesn't believe in 3D. Well, come on over, we'll watch it in 3D. I think if you're giving ratio to a shotgun, it would look good in 1D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man. I think it would look good. Just me drawing it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have saved my bloody Valentine in 3D is if they'd actually gone with the ending where the sheriff actually did it and not Jensen Ackles' character. Sorry. No spoiler. Thank you, gigantic spoilers for wow. My Bloody Valentine wow. 3D. Yeah, yeah, we'll just throw a spoiler alert in front of it. You're just gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the original My Bloody Valentine? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I haven't I th- seen it. Oh, I think it's one of the most underrated 80s slasher films out there. It's so no, fucking good. It does not get the love. It not at all. It's a at great movie. It does a bit more in Canada. Netflix. But- I didn't watch it. I can't remember. It's been so freaking long. Yeah. That's a Canadian production, right? It sure is. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that, but... I did know that for some reason. And I think, isn't Tom Atkins in the original, if I remember correctly? Pretty sure he is. Oof, honestly, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a while now. That's why he's in the remake in a cameo. Um, Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure. I'm just pulling it up right now on... uh, on uh, Wikipedia, and I am full of shit. No, he's not. I was going to say, yeah, he's not, uh, not oh, in there. I thought he was. Interesting. Ah, I don't know. But, yeah. Definitely worth checking that one out if you haven't seen that one. Yeah, but, Ash, I hope you don't watch it, because I don't want you to enjoy anything. And the poster art is fucking phenomenal. That, that is. VHS clamshell scared me as a kid in the video stores. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I'm sure it did. <laughs> I have seen. I mean, I have seen plenty of VHS. I just don't remember that specific one. But it's, it's the mask with the guy staring with the blood on his mask. Oh, yeah, scary. Go ahead, Ash. I apologize. I interrupted you. You know, you know what? Wesker lives. <laughs> oh my god! You guys are caddy tonight. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jeez. thank you for uh, listening to the last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, at the end of this, we get another kind of teaser for the next film. So we get this blonde on board, 
who uh, is talking to the bad guys, you know, whoever. And uh, I don't, I don't, I, I've never seen the next film. Obviously, I don't know what she does, but I assume she has to be at least one of the major players in the next movie. You know who that is, right? No. That's Jill Valentine. No, it wasn't. Was yes, it? it? Yes, it was. That's yes, Jill. She was blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her look. I guess she turns heel in number six. <laughs> Due to the fact that she's got a scarab on her, on her chest. And that's yep. what she looked like in the game. So they uh, they portrayed her like the character in the uh, in the game. So she wow. is evil. Wow, that went yeah. right over my head. That's that, I like that a lot though. But I didn't realize that changing hair colors it throws me off. It is off putting. And two, I forgot of the uh, the the scene after. So I watched this for the first time, and I I just I stopped it out of disgust. Oh yeah. And then watching it again with uh, visual commentary, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I completely missed that scene. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, anything else to add that you've learned, Mark or Ash? Yeah, actually, I got a few facts here, which I found interesting. So, I guess during the shootout at the beginning of the movie um, with Mila's gun, she actually shot a uh, $100,000 camera, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh. And um, so the film made sixty million domestic, but actually made just under three hundred million worldwide. So that's a oh, nice. One. Yeah, it's actually the highest grossing Canadian film. Um, they did film, um, you know, on on um, on uh, on location in uh, Alaska and in Los Angeles, but most of the indoor scenes were filmed in Toronto. Um, so uh, that's why it's considered a Canadian film. It actually was at the number one at the box office, incredibly, for four weeks. Which Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. The film that derailed it was Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Which I thought was interesting as well. That's unfortunate. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else here. And yeah, that's pretty much all that's interesting that I was able yeah. to read up about it. Very cool. Well, what were your uh, what are your final thoughts and your star rating then for uh, Resident Evil Afterlife? Um, I thought it was a big step down after Extinction. Um, I, for some reason, liked Extinction a lot more than I remember I did. Um, so I was excited to watch this one because I really didn't have much of a recollection. Um, I just remembered one of these movies had planes in them and this was it. Um, the... the the green screen usage really took it out for me. Um, I, I honestly really didn't like it that much. There were moments of brilliance, which again, the shower scene um, and yeah. the, the zombies looked really good, but I, I really didn't like this movie at all. I thought the ending sucked. Um, yeah. Even, even when they get to Arcadia, which we turn out that it's actually a boat that's run by umbrella um, how is that boat so fucking clean? It's it's all white, and I don't see any dirt. Like uh, Wesker's by himself, <laughs> and he's keeping this boat of. I'm sorry, I, I just I, I Mr. Just, fucking clean. It's the second time you pointed out a cleanliness issue in the film. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. You're it's in the fucking a, world, and you're keeping it like sterile, like a 
Exactly. But specifically because it's Umbrella and it's Wesker, that's specifically what they are doing is keeping it sterile and, and clean. If you – that's why they, the top of the boat is dirty. And when they walk to the door, it's all dirty because that's kind of the, the cover, if you will. And then it opens to this new world. Well, so it's a big fucking Roomba then that's cleaning all the all the dirt <laughs> on the inside yeah. of the – Yeah, apparently you don't know the power. Be clean. That, that's the thing. You don't know the power of Roomba. Maybe maybe it's you know those dogs split open and you put a mop in its whole mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. What do you think Wesker does all day? He needs to do something. Um, well, he does move fast. It wouldn't take him very long, <laughs> I suppose. But long story short, um, I am not a fan of this film. I think it's a huge drop from uh, the uh, previous uh, film. Um, I'm just looking at my rating here. Um, I know I gave it a low score on Letterbox. Uh, for our rating, I'm going to give it a one out of four. Holy shit. That's yeah, surprising. I, I really did not like this film. All right. See, one thing we I forgot to mention was uh, one of my favorite scenes, and that was um, uh, that obviously the, the shower scene we talked about, but then the kind of the rooftop zombie action sequence, which I thought was fucking awesome. Um, and one thing that I'm surprised you didn't mention is, that I, you know, the, the action goes again, I feel like, over the top. Did that bother you as much in this film as it did in the second film or Completely. not as much? That's why I hated okay. the beginning. I just yeah. did not like the whole clone thing. Um, one thing that is funny though, like they had a good scene when they went underwater in the armory. I thought that was cool. And then when the girl gets uh, gets taken by the zombie, uh, her name was uh, – was it – no. Um, shit. Uh, Casey, was it Casey? Who was oh, Crystal? the really pretty brunette, the actress. Yeah, yeah, the one who's making the uh, the powdered eggs. Yeah, um, I wish she was in the film more. Yeah, so her dying was uh, unexpected. Um, so them getting the guns and then the armory scene was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And when the other guys are are uh, using the weld to, uh, or they're they're cutting through the metal to get to the um, mobile, uh, I guess, militarized vehicle. And then finding out that the engine is completely out of the block, um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, still, just the CGI, the the craziness, over the top action, I did not like so much. Uh, that's why I'm sticking to my uh, one out of four. Too many okay, negatives, yeah. not enough positives. Gotcha. And what about you, Ash? What is your final thoughts on your star rating for Afterlife? Wesker lives four out of four. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, um, it, I, I'm agreeing with Mark on this one. It, it's a step down. Um, yeah. I'm actually looking at it more from a storytelling standpoint. This is like the bridge film. Uh, it, it, it's like when Saw decided, okay, we're going to keep making a shitload of these movies. So now we have to like plot out a few of them. Uh, it, this one spends most of its runtime setting up the next film. Uh, there is no real self-contained story to it. It just kind of keeps moving. Um, that bugs the fuck out of me. Yes, the Resident Evil movies have the to-be-continued segment at the very end of the movie, uh, and they've had that since the beginning. I'm fine with that. I think that's cool. It's a neat little shtick and keeps you wanting to see the next movie. When you make it the entire fucking movie, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, so, I don't know. It just... Some of the 3D sequences didn't translate over well um, to 2D, uh, and but the, I think the biggest problem for me was the 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 storyline was just incomplete. It just wasn't there. 
Um, it's like the other ones have an, like, a, you know, beginning, a middle, and end, and then the little to be continued. This one has the, we're picking up where we left off with the last movie, and here's where we're going with the next movie, and there's no in-between to it. It just, it's like, here's a series of events strung together because they look cool. And that, yeah. and that bugged the crap out of me. So this one is getting a one and a half out of four for me. Well, that's generous. Interesting. So just to point it out, and because I, I had more time to look it up, I didn't have time to look up at Mark, the only film that you've rated lower than Resident Evil Apocalypse, I'm sorry, Resident Evil Afterlife, is The Haunted World of El Superbisto. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only film you rated lower or equal. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I do like this movie more than The Haunted World of El Superbisto. <laughs> um, it did lose points again for no nudity. <laughs> I like feeling seeing Mila Jovovich wake up. Right. It makes me think that maybe one day she'll wake up beside me. <laughs> um, no. No. No, uh, no. I don't think so. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've I'm, all I, seen I, your stream. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, I just yeah, I, I, I just I just didn't like this. I just it's, yeah. like it's Fair the weakest no. of the bunch so far. But I'm gotcha. curious to think what you have to say. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh I'm glad that uh, Paul W. W. S. Anderson rather was at the helm again. Uh, he brings back a lot of the the jump scares from the first film, and more importantly, the heavier metal soundtrack th- than I thought the last two films that they departed from a little bit. Um, it just works so well hearing that music play against these insane action sequences of the movie. Um, this is definitely a there's definitely a nominee for uh, best scene in this series with the with the rooftop zombie action sequence, uh, and frankly, I think there are two candidates because you got that and then you have Claire and Alice taking on the giant uh, axe man in the showers which as I mentioned is just so fucking awesome I love that so much um, I'm not a fan of Wesker at all as I've made abundantly clear um, and he's I feel like he's not really been well acted both times he's been in the series which is really disappointing um, and I wrote down here that I'm pretty sure he'll be gone from the rest of the movies though which makes me happy which now I have to amend that because life sucks but um, I'm highly intrigued to see who the blonde is, which, okay, again, I've learned now who the blonde is, uh, Jill. But I'm interested to see how they uh, use her going forward because now that I know that it's Jill, I'm, I'm even more intrigued to see what they do with her. Um, but the the action and the effects, aside from the dogs, which I didn't think looked as good, um, but otherwise they're just so much fun to watch. So I really like this one. I really like these movies a lot. Um, and this felt like right on par with the rest. So I'm giving Resident Evil Afterlife three out of four stars. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that watched it in 3D, so I'm interested to see if uh, next time you ever, if you ever go around to watching these again, if you're able to watch it in 3D, see if that changed your opinion on it at all. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I am watching the next one in 3D for sure. So yeah. uh, maybe I'll give it a And now I feel like... Four. I need to watch the next one in 3D. Otherwise, I'm going to be like you guys and give it a one out of four. But <laughs> hey, this motherfucker wants some nipples. Right? <laughs> oh man! So like like a fine wine, they get better with age. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I I didn't want to say absolutely. It just came out. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to continue on next week with uh, Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. So make sure you guys watch that film so you can keep up with us. So let's move over to the besting the backlog challenge round 14. Sure. Yes, 14. 
So this, of course, is where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder for this feature, each one of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu. And we pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast where they then talk about it. So this week, let's see. Ash, you chose Waxworks 2, Lost in Time for Mark to watch. Um, I chose The Graduate for you to watch, Ash. And Mark, you chose The Unholy Rollers for me to watch. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mark. Yes. How was Waxworks 2? Fantastic. Oh, I, good. I, uh, so I bought the Vestron Video uh, Waxworks Collection Series. So yeah. it came with Waxworks 1 and 2. Um, so I did watch one uh, prior just to remind myself how awesome it is. And it's still awesome. Um, funny, gory, um, 80s. Oh, so 80s. Um, so I was excited to watch Waxworks 2. It's a, it's a bit of a different film. It's got a bit of a different tone to it. Um, so Zach's, uh, Zach Galligan from Gremlins, he's back in the second one as well. And he is the hero of the film where he and Sarah, who, uh, in the previous film was played by the, uh, actress, um, Deborah Foreman, who is to me best known for, uh, the host in the film April Fool's Day. You ever see that? Oh, okay. Yeah. The original one, right? Yeah. From like 86, I think it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, she did not return for the sequel. So we have a Monica Schnari who uh, came back. Or came to the uh, series, um, which I uh, enjoyed uh, greatly. I thought she was beautiful. Um, So in this one, Sarah is accused of killing her stepfather because a zombie hand escaped the waxworks from the first film. So now they go, they use a time compass to go back in time to find proof. So that they can show that it was actually a zombie hand and not Sarah who killed her father and uh, her stepfather. A weird plot. doesn't really make sense. But what's fun is that they now go through time, which is different types of film. Um, so right off the bat, they fall into uh, the house of Frankenstein. So... They're dealing with Frankenstein's monster and uh, Victor von Frankenstein. Then they get separated. He goes, oh, he goes to a 1950s haunting film, like the movie The Haunting, which has, see, this movie is a bit like an anthology in a way where the huh. book end is very loosely an anthology where the yeah. book end is uh, them going to time to find uh, proof that she did not kill her uh, stepfather. But then they go into different vignettes. So we have a we have a little vignette of um, Frankenstein's uh, castle. Then they get separated. Uh, Zach goes. I guess his character is Mark. Mark Lofmore. Mark with a K. So not as good. Uh, <laughs> he goes into a uh, into uh, I guess a time zone where um, it's a 1950s haunted film where they have to spend the night to you know prove ghosts reside in the house type of thing. And in that sequence. We've got um, uh, we've got Bruce Campbell, who plays the lead investigator, and Marina Sirtis, who plays Counselor Troy on Next Generation. She plays one of the assistants. It's all in black and white. It is sure. fantastic. Um, um, Bruce Campbell plays an Ash character. 
I forgot he was in that. Oh my god. Yes. Um, he plays uh, the um, the um, Pratfall comedy um, character very well. He, uh, I don't want to ruin it because it's it's hilarious and it's fun. Yeah, but he plays physical comedy very well, and this film it feels like it's a Raimi produced sequence, but it's not. Um, it's worth it. So while Zach uh, Galligan is dealing with that. Um, Monica or Sarah, uh, who's, uh, that's her name in the movie. She goes into an alien, uh, sequence where it's like the movie Alien and she's like the Ripley character. Um, so I did not expect this at all. That I thought was really well done. Um, then they jump into a swashbuckling sequence. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun film. Um, it's, it's lighter than the, than the previous movie. Uh, but the gore is still there, so there's a lot of blood when it needs it. Um, it's rated R, but I don't remember much language. I think it's more maybe just the violence and the, the gore effects. Isn't there a nudity toward the end of it, I think? Not to my recollection. I don't remember any nudity. I'm trying to think. And, there, and Mark no. would remember the nudity. Yeah, I would. I would have. <laughs> um <laughs> But what's really cool and why is something I just couldn't get why this person's on the cover of the Waxworks 2 um, disc is that the main bad guy in the in the swords and sorcery segment is Alexander Godunov. And he and you will know him from Die Hard. He plays the brother of the he plays the German guy with the long blonde hair. Whose brother gets oh, killed okay. with the ho ho ho? You know, I've got a gun now, Hans. Right. So he's, I guess, the main German terrorist in Die Hard. Um, so he's got a pretty decent role in this one. That's why he's got second billing. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'm rambling here, but I really recommend this movie. Um, I recommend this actual collection. You know, the Vestron uh, videos—they're not the cheapest, but I think they're completely worth it. And the uh, director, uh, his name is Anthony Hickox. He's made some pretty fucking great films. Um, he directed Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Yes, yes. Which is awesome. That's where the Hellraiser films kind of end being good. Then it kind of goes downhill. Yeah, that's what Ash always says. Yeah, he made a, uh, an HBO movie called Full Eclipse, which uh, I owned on DVD. I lent it. I never got it back. I'm bummed. It's Miro Van Peebles. And the guy from... Um, uh, yeah, well, okay. He also did Warlock Armageddon, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Julian Sands, I believe it's Julian Sands. Well, Julian Sands in Full Eclipse, he plays a lieutenant of an elite police force. His name is Lou Guru, and he injects <laughs> his cops or yeah, under his uh, under his uh, supervision with this fluid that we find out later on it's from his brain because he's a fucking werewolf. So the cops <laughs> get werewolf attributes. It is so good. The, the, the fucking music's good. Mero Van Peebles is awesome. Full Eclipse. If you can find it, buy it. And he also directed Payback with Mel Gibson. So I like this director's work. Yeah, he might not be one of the most well-known names, you know, when it comes to directing. But these movies, they're, they're fucking awesome in my books. So, again, I recommend Waxwork and Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. Fantastic. All right. So, Ash, I had you watch The Graduate. What did you think of that one? Okay, so The Graduate, uh, 
Dustin Hoffman and Ang Bancroft star in an hour and 45 minute music video for Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> yes, and it's an amazing music video. Yes, I, I, I might be joking, but I'm actually kind of serious. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Dustin Hoffman as a character graduates from college and he's having an existential crisis uh, while his parents are basically trying to decide what's best for him. Enter Mrs. Robinson, who demands a ride home from Ben and then is then accused by Ben of seducing him, and she totally is. Uh, he ends up getting heavily involved in an affair with her and ends up wanting more um, and uh, starts kind of wandering out of that when she wants it to keep going when Elaine Robinson, her daughter, kind of wanders into the scene and complicates things even more. Um... It's a lot like Easy Rider in that I can see the you know the kind of impact it had on cinema right after the fact, and I appreciate it as a classic. Uh, but I just don't I don't kind of hold it up as high as other people might. Um, I think the biggest issue I have with the film is the third act. Uh, the first two thirds of the film are great; they work well, they flow. You know, there's a good pace. And then the third act is like they took a bunch of LSD and they're like, oh, we have to have it get to this point. So we're going to have this, 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 this happen. And then and then kind of went with it. Um, I don't know. Even though there's like a clear chain of events through the third act, it doesn't flow like all the flow goes out the window. Um, so while the first two thirds of the film are really solid, that last third kind of killed it for me. Um, it. I didn't hate it because of it. Actually, I think uh, it's still a pretty good film. Um, they do a lot of neat and interesting things with the cameras. Uh, a lot of actors in it that I love. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it um, quite a bit. So uh, I will give it uh, three out of four. Excellent. Mark, did you give a star rating for Waxworks 2? Oh, no, you know what? I don't think I did. Um... I really liked it. I'm going to I'm going to give it a, a 3 out of 4. Okay. Very good. Yeah, so The Graduate for me um was a film that uh when I was getting ready to teach my film course, my uh the professor who was helping me through that uh was raving about and you know wanted that on the syllabus and so wanted me to watch and everything and I just remember f- falling in love with it. Um it's there ah, man, so my favorite aspect of it has to be the 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 score, the soundtrack there. Um, the Simon and Garfunkel score is just amazing. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Robinson is such a classic song that people know that have never even seen the film. Um, you know, and so it just has staying power in that sense. Um, but just from a technical sense is, is kind of the way I, I was taught the film, I guess. And so that's kind of my appreciation is from that, that aspect of it. Uh, there's a moment later in the film where it just shows you, how important the shots are that the that the director chooses um there's a the moment where it it shifts focus but it goes from uh, like i can't remember which character it is but it's to uh the daughter um elaine and it's the mom the what you're talking about it's yeah the way they shift it it's the camera is showing her realization of what's happened because she's coming to realize that the guy that she likes had an affair with her mother. And the way that camera shift, the way that focus changes so slowly and so specifically, I mean, th- there's not a, a better shot that I can come up with right now that more 
accurately and intelligently teaches someone the power of a focus shift than that shot. Uh, I mean, so that's kind of where my uh, respect and admiration from the film comes. And unlike the classics, like, for example, Citizen Kane, which I watch and I can appreciate what Orson Welles did, you know, uh, and how it influenced every, you know, films from then on. But frankly, the film itself is meh, it's fine, but it's nothing I enjoy that much. Uh, it's something I watch purely for, uh, like the technical aspects and what it did to help change cinema. Um, but, just from a, an enjoyment level, I, I would I wouldn't put it on really. Um, whereas the Graduate kind of hit on both sides for me, and so that's why I really like that one. Um, so I'm glad you liked it, um, and I'm glad that you have now finally uh, watched it um, because I think it's it's just a really really good film. So cool. I, I love how uh, one of the things I have to give Dustin Hoffman credit for is yes. he's so so unbelievably awkward at the beginning of the movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's amazing and i love the fact that uh oh, shit the dad is play uh, dustin hoffman's dad is played by uh the principal from boy meets world whose name just from night rider escaped. yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah it shocked me when i saw him because i'm like holy shit that's what's his name from uh boy meets world which i can't believe i'm forgetting his fucking name but yeah. So, uh, one thing I wanted to comment on, Mark, was... Yes. No, that's not right, is it? What'd you say? Is it, my wife thought it might be Belvedere, but I don't think that's... Oh, right. no, that's a different oh. show. Yeah. Um, Mark, so the girl you were talking about who was in Waxwork 1 but not 2? Yes. Deborah Raff- Raffin? She... Mr. She uh, started... Feeney, that was his name. Oh, uh, his name is uh, William... Mr. Daniels. Feeney, yes. Mr. Yeah. Feeney, exactly. Um, but anyway, that girl started a movie called Grizzly 2, The Concert from oh. 1983. It's a sequel to Grizzly, which is like basically Jaws on Land, except this film was never released. A work really? print um, was leaked online in 2007. Yeah, apparently, um, uh, what's that company? Uh, I was just I was just reading it. Uh, uh, Canon Films bought the okay. film in uh, 87. They planned to complete it, but... They never ended up doing it. And so people didn't even think it existed until 2007 when the work, pre- work print was leaked online. But I have to get my hands on that one because that's fascinating. And there's also she is in a movie called My Chauffeur, which I am dying to see now. Oh, yeah. And as well as Valley Girl with uh, Nick Cage. Oh, okay. So she was prolific in the 80s. She and was, then, yeah. And then like she, 91 hit. She went yeah. she lunatics, lunatics a Love Story. <laughs> then she was in an episode of The Marshall in 95, and then a movie called Beautiful Loser in 2008, and then nothing That's since. It. Yeah, it's weird. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. I'm hmm. So, Mark, you chose The Unholy Rollers for me to watch. So Yes. Uh, this one was actually one of like four exploitation flicks that was on a DVD release from Scream Factory, um, which is really the only reason I own it. Um, I want to say that I initially bought this one for Invasion of the B-Girls, I believe, is on this one as well. Um, I think so. But I can't remember for sure uh, why I ended up buying this. But um, So The Unholy Rollers, it tells the story of Karen Walker, who at the start of the film, she quits her job at a cannery because she's sick of her boss being a gropey asshole, basically. Um, she clearly has 
Um, but she clearly has anger issues in this movie as <laughs> I feel like that pops up a lot. Um, but so she decides to try out for a job at the local roller derby. Um, she's hired there and she quickly uh, becomes a star. And so we get basically get to watch all the trials and tribulations she goes through on her way to the top and then the problems she faces in order to stay on top. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that some people enjoy this type of movie, but unfortunately I didn't. Um, it moves really slow um and i didn't really like the character of karen because i she really lets the the stardom go to her head and then the people around her um are a hell of a lot worse and so not only did i like karen but i didn't really like anybody around her either and so i wasn't really really rooting for anybody um sure she gets naked a few times and that part was great but the story was just meandering and it never really delivers on any drama outside of is she going to get hit in the face again by this asshole boyfriend who's actually married um but i don't know so karen was played by claudia jennings who i thought was really beautiful but i'd like to see her with a better script um which is why uh and i'm not sure it's going to be a better script but i'm sure there'll be at least some more nudity gator bait is now on my must-see list (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know it's actually really sad because um this film film came out in 1972 and claudia jennings died only seven years later at 29 so i was oh. like that sucks yeah so it was really sad that she didn't get to go on to an even longer career than she ended up having but was it on um, the set of gator bait no <laughs> that could be the reason why right no they said she had a lot of drug problems but her accident she apparently there was an accident and there was no drugs in her system at the time so it was just a, a freak accident that happened That's i guess bad. yeah it sucks um, but overall, Unholy Rollers, I thought was was pretty disappointing. Um, I wish I had more to the story or just some more drama in there somewhere. Um, so I'm, I have to give Unholy Rollers one and a half out of four stars. Ooh. Yeah, what did you think of this one, Mark? Or have you not seen this one? I have not seen this one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I own the mm. poster. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember you saying that last week. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, it'd be definitely a cool poster to have. It's a just one of those 70s exploitation, I don't know, just... Not much going on with it, really. Yeah, they other don't than some the sex. Work. Yeah, but so unfortunately, that one I I didn't enjoy as much as I'd hoped. But hopefully, the other ones on that the release will be uh, better for me. Hmm. But so next week we are picking. We're back to picking for ourselves for next week. So, Mark, what yeah. movie are you watching for next week? Well, since Chris brought up the whole thing of video games and movies, yeah, I thought I'd watch 2015's Pixels. <laughs> oh my okay good for you in 3d in 3d <laughs> that's gonna be horrible i got it for really cheap i got it for really really cheap i love that you own that okay yeah awesome so what about you ash what are you gonna watch for next week okay i'm gonna watch 2016's the wailing oh excellent choice i've heard that's really good and i really want to see that one also also very long i heard it's a long film oh okay it's like eight inches easy <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh man so i yes i think I, I, nothing i didn't really come up with anything before time in like in oh. weeks prior so i think i'm gonna go with um Don't cannibal ferox cannibal ferox yeah cannibal ferox yeah wow i've been in a, a cannibal movie mood lately so let's let's watch that one Cool. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I had the Grindhouse releasing version of it, so it should be good quality yeah. if nothing else. Oh, yeah. 
Awesome. So just to recap, next week, Mark, you are watching Pixels for whatever reason. Pixels! Uh, <laughs> Ash, Ash, you are watching The Wailing, and I am watching Cannibal Ferrix. So, hell yes. And that's going to do it for this week. Mm. So remember, next week we are back with Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. And yeah, so make sure you're watching and following along with us. And again, if you have a question for the three of us here at the podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions you'd like us to answer for the question of the week. And we will do our best to answer all of them. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter... You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com or call us at 1-302-448-TALK, 1-302-448-TALK. So as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever it else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive review, positive reviews, rather, help us reach a larger audience, which is always the goal. So we appreciate you taking the time to do that. And you can also reach us on social media, and we love to interact with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so make sure you're following us on all three of those platforms. Also, Ash, where can we find you online? I am on Twitter, H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Awesome, and Mark, how about you? On Twitter, I'm at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau, that's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. As well as Instagram, it's uh, mnado02. Again, it's mnadeau02. I always say Mark's last name wrong, and I apologize for that. But my stupid American ass can never figure it out. So <laughs> I, I think it's quaint. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so you can follow my personal feed at Simon One P S Y M A N One. Also, make sure you guys are visiting cinefessions.com and vote on what our next podcast arc will cover. We're doing a five-episode arc dedicated to one of our favorite distributors, and you can help us decide if we'll be covering Vinegar Syndrome, Scream Factory, or Draft House Films. So head on over to cinefessions.com and vote in the poll at the top of the right-hand sidebar to help us figure out which company we're going to spend the next five weeks with after this arc is over. And also check out cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars. In order to fill in your ballot, answer the seven picks who you think is going to win and be entered in to win $20 in Amazon cash uh, from whichever it Amazon store it is that you use. So make sure you do an easy way to be entered to win 20 bucks. And uh, I will give you a specific date when that's going to end uh, next week. But uh, for now, it's, it's going on. So make sure you get your, get your um, submissions in to be entered to win. All right. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the 78th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 